Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in K-12 ed tech this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. One of the cool things about writing and talking about cutting-edge technologies is you get to think about their promise. What will happen when this early idea really takes off, when this early invention turns into a worldwide innovation? This week, there are a number of pieces of content on eschoolnews.com that do just that. Just five years ago, the thought of online tutoring, video-based parent communication, and virtual reality were pretty much pie-in-the-sky novelties that would affect the classroom one of these days. Well, today's that day. They are part of the day-to-day operations of many schools and districts around the country and the world. How do they do it? Let's dig in. First off, Lisa DeLacy and Tom McGee of Manchester School District in New Hampshire write about one post-pandemic trend that is not only getting their students back on track post-COVID, but thriving. The piece is called Five Ways Virtual Tutoring Reinforces Our After-School Program, and it's up on the news feed at eschoolnews.com this week. Here's an excerpt. They write, Due to the pandemic, we're seeing a lot of students who are one or two grades behind and struggling to catch back up. Unfortunately, there just isn't enough time in the day for every student to be able to work one-on-one with a teacher or to achieve that goal. Our hope is that our virtual tutors will help them recapture that knowledge and get back on track. This is a golden opportunity, and we're hoping to see the results of our efforts in the spring iReady assessments. So they have a number of tips that they discovered during the process. Here are just a couple. Number one, use virtual tutoring to provide individualized instruction. It's great to be able to offer students individualized learning opportunities that are tailored to the information that we get through our iReady assessment data, they say. This is key because we know that learning is not a one-size-fits-all solution. Next, you should leverage the data that you get from the platform. They write, we love looking at data whenever we can. We can easily see the positive impact that tutoring is having on our students. We can celebrate those successes within the school community and the greater community and really understand what else is needed to help our students succeed in school. Here's another one. Work together to figure out who needs it most. Our after-school program is open to all of our students, but space is limited. We prioritize based on the data that we get from our iReady assessments. We get input from our school social workers, guidance counselors, principals, and teachers. Ultimately, we want to make sure we're reaching the students who really get the biggest return on their investment of time. As I mentioned, they have a number of other tips in this article, which I highly recommend you check out if you have the same sort of circumstances. I know many, many districts do. Next, Leslie Ortego. She's the Director of Customer Success at School Status, offers some tips and strategies for using video to increase parent engagement. Number one, she writes, make connecting simple. Use easy-to-use tech for parent-teacher communication. The more steps parents are asked to take to use new technology in your district, the less chance you have to get them to adopt it and use it to build relationships, she writes. When offering video options, make connecting as simple as possible for parents. Avoid choosing a program that requires a separate app to download. Give parents the options to connect to video meetings with an easy-to-use link. Making that connectivity easy and user-friendly 
will help lead to more positive interactions and calls. Next, she writes, leverage data in calls with parents to help them understand how their child is doing and set shared goals. During these video calls, she writes, teachers can have the student's record available and can share it on screen to help parents understand how their child is doing. By incorporating student-specific data, this can be useful during the conversation to build a bridge between school and home and make parents feel part of the process as stakeholders. I know as a parent myself, this is a really great tool and it's really been helpful in keeping me engaged with my children's progress. Next, use screen sharing and visuals to enhance these calls. She writes, visuals can help enhance school home communication and using video can provide more flexibility for communicating information with parents. Video can allow an educator to share a screen during a meeting with parents to explain topics like test scores or a student's academic progress or attendance or other data. Having options for screen sharing and visuals can make the meeting more engaging and productive for both parents and teachers. And really of all the various technologies and platforms that we've all been forced into uh, during the past three years, I have to say this communication between parent and teacher is an advancement in education, which I think is really beneficial for everybody involved. And I'm glad to see that it's sticking around and actually continuing to make progress when it comes to building community. And finally, no longer the stuff of science fiction, virtual reality applications are up and running and making significant educational impacts in the classroom. Do you want your students to visit Mars, to explore inside the bloodstream, or travel around the world to learn a new language? With the right equipment and professional development, augmented and virtual reality techniques can provide students with experiences that are the next best thing to being there. I had a riveting conversation with a panel of educators who are doing just that. Jesse Sedlowski, he's the Director of Technology and Learning and Innovation at Lethbridge School Division in Canada. Andy Tyslow, he's the vice principal at Dr. Robert Plaxon Elementary School. Brian Moynihan, he's the Immersive Education Solutions Manager at Lenovo. And Becky Lane, she's the Associate Director of Innovative Technologies, Learning and Innovative Technologies at Ithaca College. Here's a snippet. So Andy and Jesse, you know, uh, Brian and Becky were into the, uh, the big picture bleeding edge aspect of things and this particular technology, especially when it comes within the world of education technology, sounds really great. But there's also the reality of implementing it into the, the day-to-day workings of a classroom and then also kind of scaling it to where you, you're trying to find maybe a solution that is school-wide or district-wide where there may become some more challenges. Maybe uh, you guys could start by kind of talking about what your journey has been being introduced to such cutting edge technologies and how you're making it work day to day. I'll let you guys flip a coin to see who goes first. Uh, well, I have this feeling that my high-end tech support, Jesse, who I go to when I have support, oh, Becky, you don't have, you have your IT department, I have Jesse. Um, he's gonna want me to just jump in here and I don't mind. So thanks for having me. Um, the, the big thing that we noticed when we first jumped in, well, we didn't jump in right away with Lenovo, admittedly, we jumped in with the other guys starts with a G, rhymes with Google, um, that <laughs> we wanted to try something because it was pandemic driven. Um, we needed something that was cheap, something that was something to try and something that would engage our students. And we quickly found that there was not the avenue that we wanted because it was very restrictive. Um, so the first thing we learned is we had to decide, is it teacher led 
or is it student led? Because if we didn't know which one we wanted, you could get very easily sucked into something that was just teacher-led and then it was students sit and experience whatever. I mean, we built a Disneyland one for our first one. Great, they can see Disneyland, but there's no video. It's only pictures and they just sit in an eye guide where they go. As we moved into more conversations with Lenovo, it became very clear that there was more opportunity for students to choose where they went but also still use the software that Lenovo produces in their original partnership with their uh, products that we could still direct the learners. Like we're all going to start here, but then you can choose your own adventure as you get in there. So that was a really great option for teachers in our division, in our school, K to 12 or K to five, sorry, to know that, okay, I, I can start with the small steps of I guide students into the first experiences so they can just see what VR looks like. So that was, those were our initial steps. And then we've started to explore more of Okay, what does it look like when they interact more with the environment? How do we use Lenovo headset and the technology to, to move through an environment or manipulate the environment? Do we want them to manipulate things? What can they manipulate? And then if they're not manipulating, what experiences are we offering that are not simply sit and gets, but there's an opportunity to still interact and even create their own, their own experiences? Yeah, I'd like to build on that with Andy because when we first started the project, like Andy said, we have to be very careful that like any technology, that it becomes passive for our students. And so we had this vision, you know, where everybody has a headset and we're all doing the experience together, just like you would go on a journey together. But we learned very quickly that's not what our students were wanting. Our students were wanting to choose their own adventures. They wanted to be interacting with advice, with, with, with objects inside the experience, with the controllers. They wanted to afterwards talk about their experiences with students and how they experienced. So it's really transformed in our division in the last two years from, hey, here's an experience for you to partake in to now we have grade four or five classes actually creating their own experiences. And, and when we give it, when we allow the students to use the software to create their own VR experiences, they've completely transformed it into a create your own adventure. Here's what I'm building. Here's what you can do. So they've almost gamified it where we want to present something to them to give them the experience where they want to make sure that it's engaging for their users on their end and they're displaying what they're learning. So um, we're really excited to have our high school students creating their own VR experiences now to, to show their learning, to display their learning. Um, they're going online, finding 360 pictures, um, even though they're 2D. Um, we have grade fours and fives creating their own experiencing, showing their learning. So it's really transformed from this sit and get kind of can be, be careful to be a passive experience to this, hey, I'm going to create something and I'm going to show you what I learned by creating this product. So it's been really, really interesting to see. And again, the technology is there where it's simple enough where we can, as teachers, present an experience to our students. But once our students get comfortable with the experiences, um, then they want to build their own. And they're like, I want to build this. I'm, I'm going here. And, and Brian not only mentioned schools that are disadvantages, we have students that are disadvantaged that may not be able to assess a field trip that day or to experience something at the school. And uh, so they can come back and feel that they're part of that class and they've experienced something, even though they may have not been had that opportunity as a school that day. So not only do we have schools that are disadvantaged, sometimes we have students that are disadvantaged. And Andy was a school where he had students with online learners. So one of the, one of the impetuses for having it was that we could send one of these headsets home and they could also join the class that day and experience what the students experienced in real life as well. You can go up online to eschoolnews.com and go into the webinar tab to hear the full conversation under the title, Virtual Reality Gets Real. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the ed tech space.
Remember, eSchool News is always free and always helping innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.